Welcome to Fit Chicks Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educating and empowering women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, wellness, mindset, and a whole lot more. Today's episode is brought to you by Fit Chicks Academy, where we help heart-centered women just like you who love health and fitness get certified as fitness, nutrition, and health coaches and build amazing businesses. So if you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for our upcoming Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Certification Program. To download the brochure today, head over to fitchicksacademy.com forward slash H-W-L-E brochure to learn more. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. So hello, everyone, and welcome to Fit Chicks Chat. I'm Amanda Quinn, and on today's podcast, Laura Jackson's not joining me because instead I have this wonderful special guest that's joining me today. Um, So today we actually have world-renowned speaker, meditation expert, mindfulness expert, and author, Rajshree Patel. Hi, Rajshree. How are you today? I'm very well, Amanda. Thank you for having me here and sharing with your guests. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so beyond excited. We were just talking offline real quick about how excited I am to share this information um, with our listeners. And I think your take and your insight into vital force and what all of this really is and how to really tap into this, I think is like one of those keys to life that so many people don't really even know about. So I'm really excited for this. Me too. And I, I agree with you. I don't think people really connect the dots back to vital force because we do so much right in our life to improve mm-hmm. our lives. Everything from, you know, traditional, let's say therapy to self-help books to strategy and, and inspirational talks and so on. But we really just don't connect the most obvious, which is more vital force, more life. Anything you want to do needs energy. So I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. And so on that note, why don't we start off by just telling our listeners in your words, what is the definition of vital force? Like, What exactly do you mean when you say vital force? So as, as um, you know, cliche as it could possibly sound, it's very much like what maybe Star Wars or Kung Fu Panda or the Matrix <laughs> talk about. <laughs> Meaning the dynamism, the force field of energy plus intelligence. We come into the world with it, right? A newborn baby has so much vital force, so much energy. It's a simple word for it, but doesn't quite connotate everything we're talking about. And it also has this innate intelligence. And we have it, we come into the world with it, but we don't know how to keep that going. And everything we want is what we once had when we were kids, the joy, the enthusiasm, the excitement, the you know, confidence, the clarity, the acceptance, the love, the connection, we all have it. That is part of this thing called vital force. And so if I had to break it down into practical sense, it's your physical energy, it's your emotional energy, it's your mental, sexual, spiritual energy. It's the way everything functions in the world. And the more of that we tap into, the more optimized those functions are, those faculties are. 
I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, I remember, and I, I'm not sure if this is the same or similar to what you're talking about, but I remember being in my yoga teacher training program. And when we were doing Shavasana at the end of our practice, our teacher would always talk about this life force inside of you and say, you know, pay attention to your body, your physical being right now, and feel like those parts of your body that have those like tingling sensations. And like, if you actually stop and you pay attention, you can actually feel what he called your life force. And so I wonder if it's sort of, it's similar in that way. Like that's the physical um, sort of like showing of it. But I understand yeah. that you're saying it so much more because it's so much deeper, but is that sort of a way that you can actually yeah, feel yeah. that energy? It's- hundred percent. It's, you know, look, if you even go to the ocean or you go into nature and you take a breath of fresh air, it's true that there's more oxygen, but you can tangibly feel to your point, a visceral response to something that's more electric. You know, you, you go into Yosemite or you arrive at the ocean. There is what we could even refer to as the negative ions. It's the charge in the air that makes everything function well and and to your point in yoga when they say pay attention when you're doing yoga nidra tap into it what happens is your attention your awareness to that region of your body wherever it might be wakes up in a sense activates the energy that's sitting a bit dormant and that's one of the reasons why they have us do yoga nidra and that's how we also heal our body and of course as a result we also heal deeper layers of ourselves whether that's our emotions or our mind very cool and now when you were saying you know like when we come into this world we already have this energy and we have so much vital force and we have so much awareness but then we start losing it and i believe I totally understand that. And I I see that that is absolutely true because I do think that it's like we get caught up in the world of being busy and we kind of lose that sense Mm -hmm. of paying attention, right? Mm -hmm. And being mindful and being aware in the day-to-day moments and, and, and all of that. And so how do you recommend people begin to kind of reaccess? Because I'm not going to just say access, but it's almost like reaccess that part of themselves and start really understanding how to tap into their vital force. Yeah, I think it's a couple step process. The first thing is to really realize, you know, that everything is vital force or moves on energy. In fact, a simple kind of definition of energy is the ability to move, whether that's your emotions from negative to positive or your mindset from complaining to optimistic or your body, you know, and and the performance of your body and, and so on and so forth. So the first step is to really realize that that's what everything is based on and moves on. And then the second step is to know what in us drains energy. And if you hear people saying, I'm exhausted, we hear that all the time. Oh my God, Friday, thank God I'm wiped out. And we're really needing that, you know, Saturday, Sunday to recover. And if you really hear people and you ask them, well, what is exhausted? It's not our body because the truth is the more mobile our body is, the healthier it is. And that's why we even have to go to the gym because we barely move our body. It's not that the body's exhausted, but what's really exhausted is our mind, our mental faculty. It is our biggest energy hog there is of vital force. It sucks us dry. And the reason why we say kids have so much vital force is because they don't do what adults do, which is sit around, 
chewing on the same thing, yada, 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 I should have, I could have, and I didn't, and why not? And we get lost in the past and in the future. You know, things we cannot change kind of gets us bogged down and it drains vital force. And things that may or may not happen in the future also bogs us down and drains our efficiency, our vital force, our productivity, our resiliency. And these are synonymous words, actually, for vital force. So that's to me, is the second step, realizing what's draining us. And practically speaking, what am I saying? We overthink everything. In fact, um, I heard somewhere, I think Deepak Chopra say, we generate somewhere between 60 to 80,000 thoughts in about eight hours. Well, that's a lot of energy, a lot of vitality that's being used for things we don't even remember. I mean, if, if you had to ask me or if we ask anybody, uh, any of the listeners, do you remember all your thoughts from yesterday? We'd probably come up with 10 or 15 and we don't remember the rest right. because they come and go, right? But they are sucking up energy. So that's really the second step is to recognize we have to handle our mind in order to reboot because it's draining us. And that takes us then to the third step, which is to say, so I know what's draining it. How do I conserve that? And how do I also recharge? Kind of like our cell phone or our computer. You know, we use it all day long and then it shows us the, the battery signal, right? At 10%, the red light comes on and we immediately look for the socket to plug into. But we don't necessarily think about that for ourselves. Our mind is our hard drive. Our, our thinking capacity is our hard drive. And it's burning fuel like nobody's business. And we don't really think about it at the end of the day or the start of the day to refuel. Because we think, you know, food and sleep and coffee and sugar are doing it. And we haven't connected the dots that they don't really do what we need to. Of course, you have your <laughs> occasional green juice and your exercise, and that does add, but it's just not enough. So there are many tips and tools that we can do, including some understanding about our own system that naturally, like neuroplasticity, boosts our energy levels or our vitality. That's so fascinating, and I can totally understand where you're coming from in that, in in understanding that side of it. Now, one question I do have for you is, you know, when you were talking about like when we're in step two, when you're talking about, you know, like how we overthink things and we have so many thoughts and patterns. Do you find that one of the tools is to, you know, to use mindfulness or meditation techniques to start learning how to not only be in the present moment but also to make decisions and have more clarity because I find for me you know one of the most exhausting things for me is when I start overthinking a decision or when I don't take action when I consistently think about something over and over and over again but I'm not actually taking action towards it what do you feel like that's all tied in together oh my god Amanda you're saying so much of what really is required in terms of vitality. So, you know, we talk about this, right? Analysis paralysis, which is similar to saying overthinking yes. and then getting frozen in terms of not really taking action. So mm. the more action you take, the more vital force you have. Actually, you'll notice people who really are very action-oriented. They do their due diligence. They do their planning. But then they move into action very quickly, 
those are the people who are most empowered. And vital force is that empowering force that makes us risk better, you know, take chances better to go for it. And if there's a mistake, we're able to shake it off and we see it as a learning lesson because vital force changes your perception. This is a big key. If you are low on vital force, you will see the glass half empty. You will find that the mind complains about the best of things in front of us. And if vital force is high, we're energetic, and that means it's enthusiasm, happy, you know, gratitude, and really full of willingness to take action. So 100%, the more action you take, the more vital force you have. And then the second thing you mentioned was really being in the present moment through meditation and mindfulness and having the clarity for greater, better decisions. So I kind of want to talk about two things, if you don't mind. One is mindfulness. And the other is meditation from Vedanta point of view. So mindfulness came to the West maybe about 50, 60 years ago, and it brought with it exactly what you're talking about, the ability to enhance gray matter, frontal cortex, or what we could call the rational reasoning, decision-making brain. The challenge, however, for many people with mindfulness is they're not able to do it. They need to be practicing for a certain extended period of time, and then they start to see results. You'll even see you know, founders like John Abbott Zinn talk about it's an arduous process. It's a tenacious process that requires discipline. And naturally, you, you know, everything requires some degree of habit forming, but mm-hmm. the the thing that I've discovered about mindfulness, the, the mindfulness the way we know it in the West is some people went abroad, you know, to, to the Far East and they spent time in the monastery and they picked up one amazing piece of an entire system of mindfulness, meaning it's not just observe and monitor and focus on the breath. The system of mindfulness, as Buddhism would um, have a proponent on it is to say there's precepts and there's all kinds of other right brain activity simultaneous to the left brain activity of observing and monitoring. And that gave us brain coherence, left brain and right brain. And I think that that piece is missing. And today, because of technology, it wasn't that way, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Today, we're so hooked in to our computer and our cell phone. And that means we're always on. So at some level, our gray matter is already overworked, the rational, logical side. And so we need to make sure the right side of the brain, the creative, the intuitive, the insightful, the innovative side is also flourishing. And so one of the things that I love to talk about is Vedic system of meditation, what we would call self-transcending meditation. And that comes through lots of techniques. One is mantra, but one of the more easier, even faster than that, and that's really quite simple, is using your breath as an exercise. Use as an exercise. Those are the two operative words. Not breath to focus, but more like a dumbbell. Meaning you want to, you know, build a bicep. All you need to do is pick a dumbbell up and down 10 times, 20 times, whatever it is, without any monitoring, without any labeling, without any focusing, without any awareness even on the bicep, 
you will naturally build a muscle. You simply have to, quote, use the dumbbell. The same is possible if you know how to use your breath as an exercise. You can leave aside this notion that you need to clear your mind to meditate and you can build, quote unquote, rest and relaxation at the very first use of the breath. So this is something that I notice happens. A lot of students who've been practicing mindfulness for a long time, they've gained a lot of value, and they're ready to move on to a deeper, greater state of awareness without the time and the effort that it's needed. And I notice in the first session, in 10 minutes, they've shifted everything. Sometimes a two-minute pause that I teach them with the use of the breath also changes their perception. So there are two different things in a sense to talk about mindfulness and meditation as in rest to the whole mind, the frontal cortex, all the way down to the limbic brain, our emotional memory response, if you will. Am I clear? Yes. So sorry. I just, um, I was just listening and I was just so fascinated by what you're saying. I'm like, yes, this is so accurate and so clear because it's, um, you know, I do think there is a huge difference between the two, but so many people just try to bring in the two. And I do also agree with you with meditation. Oftentimes people are just so hyper-focused on using the breath as a focus, as opposed to just you know, understanding that it is just an exercise and it is just a practice and it's just, it's a, it's a tool to be able to use. Yeah. And, and most people can't focus past three to five breaths because mm-hmm. in a sense, if you already could focus on something as subtle as your breath, more than likely you're in a very meditative state, meaning you're operating with left and right brain present. So it takes time, you know, to get to that state. And I think that both are very valuable. It's just that I think the world is ready to move past also just the decision-making and onto the creative. Look at the way technology is moving. You know, we have to innovate so fast, faster than we can consume what we create. By the time we launch, it's already obsolete. So Mm -hmm. I, I find, especially in the tech industry, when I teach them simple, basic tools of breath, they use it in activity and they use it a little longer at home when they have the time, five minutes, 10 minutes, and, and two minutes in, in motion. And they notice that they have greater handle on their mental faculty and emotional regulation. Definitely. And what do you, you know, for anyone who is listening, who is interested in trying to achieve more, like, you know, more of a calmer state and, and tapping into that other side like you know i know that oftentimes people feel like there's a lot of parameters set around meditation techniques and they feel as though i have to do it in a certain way i have to sit in a certain Mm -hmm. way i have to breathe in a certain way i have to you know have my hand mudras in a certain way and i have to do it for minimum 20 minutes and there's all these parameters that they set and i feel like that that alone is setting people up for failure from the yes because I feel like there's moments where I can sit for longer periods, but then there's times when I can't and I just allow it to flow the way that like my life ebb and flows. And I feel like having that ability to just kind of let it go and let it be what it is for that day in that moment is the thing that allows me to tap into it a little bit more clearly versus having all these parameters and set 
sort of schedule around what I have to do and what should be done. And also the idea around what you were saying about, you know, being able to focus. Oftentimes you can't focus past three, five breaths. Yeah. Yeah. I think the frustration that sets in for most people, and this is from, you know, my own learnings from speaking to other people is that they get frustrated with the idea that they can't do this and they feel like a failure as opposed to seeing it as a practice and, and that it is completely natural for those thoughts to come in, but it's about what you do with those thoughts. That I agree. is important. I, I 100% agree with you. And I also think though, you know, if we think of the modern world, I mean, everything from population growth to technology, through movement, we don't have the same level of time. You know, we didn't measure time in digits like we do today, you know, 100 years ago or 50 years ago for that matter. It was sun up to sundown, and then it came by the hour, and then we moved on to the minutes, and suddenly it became about digits, like minutiae of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so... That means asking someone to, as you said, okay, 20 minutes and then in a certain position and in a certain place with, I don't know, the candles and the bells, you know, all the kind of paraphernalia that goes with it already sets us up to say, I can't or it's not for me. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of what I'm talking about. I'm saying no. In our world, it's fast paced. We measure time in digits, so why not find the wisdom, the tools, tips, and techniques that also move with that? And one of the fastest ways is what I'm saying. You know, I I talk about a two-minute discerning pause five times a day in your life. That's 10 minutes total, just a two-minute discerning pause. And the fact is, Nobody needs to know you're doing it. You would be doing while you're walking into the office or towards the elevator. And that's around breathing, which you mentioned earlier, you know, at the start of the conversation. What I think many people don't realize is your breathing has the ability to bring in a lot of vital force. It's the first thing we did in our life, right? We are born, we breathe in, and then we cry. And if we think about it, it is the source of aliveness, meaning vitality, not just existing, not just autopilot, but really being vibrant, thriving. That starts with every inhalation. And the other thing, which you mentioned a little bit ago, is when you breathe out, that is your letting go switch. We have so much going on and we need to let go of so much self-critical voice and judgments and demands that go on internally. Sometimes I feel like we're the hardest on ourselves. And that ability to let go of what's going on in the mind, that switch is in the out-breath, in an exhalation. And this is the tremendous science of Vedanta that is just starting to really get utilized. You know, as we're getting more and more into meditation and mindfulness and relaxation, we're looking for the simpler tools. So if I can just just share this with people, I think they'll see a lot of value in it. The five discerning moments where I ask people to breathe is first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, Lean against your headboard or stay lying down on your back. You know, put the snooze alarm on and do 10 long breath in and out. I'll tell you why. Because the breathing shuts off the sympathetic response, meaning stress, 
fear, flight, freeze, and it brings it into rest, calm, relaxation response. Now, we could say, well, I was just sleeping. Why would I be under stress? But you know, and I know, number one, most people aren't sleeping very well or deeply. Ergo, the sleeping pill industry, you know, billions of dollars go into it. Why don't they sleep well? Because the mind doesn't really shut off. You'll notice mm-hmm. a lot of people say when they wake up, I feel like I was sleeping or uh, thinking all night and not really sleeping. It's a sleep that a lot of people have, or they feel more exhausted when they wake up than when they went to sleep because the mind was busy. Yeah. So what happens if you do the breathing first thing in the morning, you shut off a disturbed sleep, sleep cycle. You move from sympathetic to parasympathetic, from stress to relaxation. And it literally means that closing the cycle of sleep. How often do people say, I feel like I got up on the wrong side of the bed? And that's probably literally more true than they realize because the cycle of sleep was incomplete and they're still processing that much like a file that's open on a computer that you're not currently working on and you've forgotten about. So that's the first place. The second thing I'll say to people is when you arrive into the office, use your breath. It'll bring you into the present. Don't focus. Don't worry about focusing. Just breathe by using it. And what that means is elongate your in-breath and out-breath. Do 10 long inhalations and exhalations. Just as you're getting into the elevator to get to your office, nobody knows you're doing it, but all the yada yada about oh my God, I have this deadline, I got to do this, I need to get to that. The traffic that, you know, stressed you out goes quiet. It'll bring you into the present moment. Third place I tell people is just before lunch. You're sitting down, you're walking to lunch, doesn't matter. You're waiting for your food to arrive while everybody's chit-chatting at the table. Just breathe. Just take 10 long breaths in. We know our gut health is entirely tied to our central nervous system, our brain, our spinal cord, our thinking mechanism. We also know about gut biome, right? Mm -hmm. The more stressed you are, the less friendly it is for your healthy flora to flourish. The less stressed you are, the more your flora flourishes. So what I say between arriving to the office and lunch, you're wound up everybody's wound up because we're now moving on to the other part of the day. We're soon starting to think about what we need to do at home. And, oh, my God, it's already lunch. I didn't get this and that done. Do the 10 breath. Your digestion will change. Your mind will quiet down. You'll allow for better gut health, which is better immune system. That's the third place. Fourth, on your way home, to shut the door to the office to whatever degree, you will see it does shut the door. It does shift your perception. You do end up more in the present moment. Go to the elevator. You're going home now. Do 10 breath. You know and I know attention to anything changes the impact of it. That's simple physics and the observer effect. And then the last thing, the fifth time to do the breath is as you're sliding into bed to sleep, meaning lie down, be under the covers, on your back or on your side. You've decided you're ready to sleep. What are you going to do? Ten long breaths for one simple reason. How we enter sleep 
determines the quality of sleep. And most of us enter sleep by processing our day with some level of regret and some level of, you know, noise that says, I shouldn't have done that or I could have done that better or worried about tomorrow morning. And the breath will bring us to the present moment. Your breathing and your body are always in the present. Both these things are tied to your mind. It, the mind, is just juggling between the past and future, thinking about regret and guilt and blame and worried and anxious. But your breath can pull it in the present, kind of like when you fly a kite. So these five discerning pauses, I'm so sure will change the way people sleep, their perception, and the way they feel energetic through the day. I've taught it to hundreds and thousands of people. It is the one thing that everyone can do without costing time and the paraphernalia that we talked about. Right. Wow. That was so powerful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners and with myself because I... I can see how impactful that can be. I know for me, when I wake up in the morning, one of my biggest things is to really just try to be mindful and take, and I usually do meditation and whatnot so that I can, and and mantra and be able to sort of connect to the beginning of my day, but I've never really thought about it from those other parts, the other pieces when you're, you know, you've already wound up. And I, you know, one of the biggest things I think for me, that'll be so helpful, I think, for me personally, would be that transition from work to being a mom, like that, that transitional time where, you know, I'm, I've had a busy day and everything else. And I've never taken mm-hmm. that time to really take those breaths so that I can be present and I can do that transition with a more ease and let go of and become present in mm-hmm. at home versus work. So, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said, right? We all say it, take a breath or take a yeah. deep breath. And, and as sort of trite as it could sound, there is a science and a wisdom behind the breath. It, it brings in energy and it releases the stress on the mental, emotional level. So, you know, to your point, I can well imagine as a mom, there's so much you're juggling, including sometimes at the dining table saying, no, eat your food. And <laughs> you're losing your patience, you know? Yes. They're not, they're like, they have so much resilience. Their level of vital force <laughs> makes you give up because they're just sitting there saying, I'm not eating this. They, they have so <laughs> much, <laughs> isn't it? I'm laughing because it's like, it's literally my everyday conversation. <laughs> yeah, they, they have it. They, that is prana. That is vital force. That mm-hmm. is the thing we're talking about. This, this unshakable resilience that allows you to just stare at mom or dad and say, no, I'm not eating it. And, and let out a scream that brings the house down because there's so much energy. And we just finally say, okay, don't eat. Here, you, here you can have you know, the sugar instead of the broccoli <laughs> that I really wanted you to eat, right? So it, it does become like that. And I'm, I say to parents, like, at that moment, if you can just, if you do it for three, four days, it'll become a habit. You'll naturally take a longer breath in. And that is really, Amanda, the key is to switch the length of your breath because your breathing gets locked into a pattern of an emotion and a mindset. And so you just spin in it. You're aware that, oh my God, I'm getting impatient. And oh my God, I need to be more present here. 
But the reason we can't switch it is because there's a there's a, a pattern that develops between our mind, our emotion, and our breath. And the only way to delink it is not talk to ourselves and certainly not have other people give us advice, but to just play with the breath, fluctuate it, speed it up, slow it down, you know, elongate it, release the exhale very quickly. There's a lot of science behind it. Once you get it, you really know what to do with it in your day. And that gives you the resiliency you need to deal with the child's resiliency or, or the demands at the office for that matter. Right. Now, is there a certain length that you recommend for the breath? Cause I know you were just mentioning, you know, like sometimes I, I do believe that a lot of people don't breathe as deeply as maybe they should. And mm-hmm. I know in, I know in yoga practice, oftentimes we say it's like a four count in and a four count out for elongation, right? For an yeah, yeah. practice. Is there a certain like, and again, I'm not trying to set parameters around it for someone, but just because I do think, you know, someone may think that they're breathing in deeply, but they're actually just creating a shorter breath, which I know can actually create more anxiety or stress in the body itself. Like, like shorter, quick breaths can actually create that energy. So is there, is there a yeah, yeah. time frame that you recommend? So I think the, the biggest, the, the biggest trick is, Wherever your breath is, breathe in fully and then push the envelope, taking a little more breath. That's the more sort of doable trick. You know, don't worry about is it to four, is it to six. So because, as I said, there is a pattern that gets locked in between our mindset, whatever our inner landscape experience is in terms of emotions and stress. And that breath becomes very fixed to that pattern. So the trick is breathing as full as you can. Don't worry about counting. Don't worry about any of the paraphernalia. And when you think you've reached your full capacity, just pull in a little more air. Kind of like when kids blow air in a balloon, it's full. But then they just push the envelope just a little bit more by adding a bit more air to it. And then release the breath very quickly in a moment of stress. Don't worry about the count. Release it quickly. It will immediately switch from being on to letting go. Wonderful. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, my final question, and I I feel like I have so many questions and I'd love to (laughs) keep going, but um, I do have one final question that I would love to hear your thoughts on, which is, are there, I mean, you have so much knowledge and, you know, in your book, Vital Force, I'm sure you talk about all of this, but, you know, are there any other sort of ancient secrets or anything that we can tap into today to help us both personally and professionally that will enhance our lives? Is there something that really stands out that you're just like, I wish everybody would notice and utilize this tool because it's within all of us? Yeah. Actually, I I will talk about something. It's sort of around neuroplasticity and how we practice gratitude, right? Everybody says practice gratitude and it changes the way your your brain functions. It's along that line. Mm -hmm. If we had the awareness, it's just an awareness on a daily basis, like you finish brushing your teeth in the morning or at night and as you look into your bathroom mirror, just for 30 seconds, looking not at your facial features, but to your eyes, you'll notice that you can't quite see both eyes at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. You sort of see one eye or the other. So I'm asking the listener to just look in the mirror, look at the eyes, and see that beyond the eyes, there's something else. And that means shifting your sense of identity. We get caught up in, I can't do this and I can do that, in all the limited beliefs, including our gender and our race and our religion and all those kinds of things. They are true and they are accurate and they're part of life. But if you just added this one more piece, while you're looking in the mirror, as I am, I'm perfection because I'm a force of energy and intelligence. It's a conversation. It's a sentence you tell yourself while you're looking in the eyes. You would see that you shift the limited beliefs that suck our life force, that hold us back from action, the very first thing we talked about when we got on this call. Again, so it's really just looking in the mirror, morning and night, you just finish brushing your teeth, you wash your face, you make eye contact. It's not the features, but real eye contact. You'll look for 30 seconds and you just have this awareness. My day has been whatever it has been. I'm more than what I did or didn't do. I am this force of dynamism and intelligence. And as I am, there's perfection in it. You switch so much, the brain chemistry, the physiological response, and the way you will walk towards your bed and your day will completely shift. It's something anyone can do. It's another miracle for me. And what I've seen, it does for other people. I love that. I love that so much. And I look forward to adding that to my day. (laughs) Please. I'd love to hear back, you know. Yes, I'll definitely, I'll let you know how I, how it shifts. Um, Because I I do believe it's, you know, there is such a huge mind-body connection. It's proven over and over again. And if you can just reframe the way that you think and the way that you see yourself and the way that you feel. I believe that it can completely shift your entire landscape of your physical being and then your emotional and your energetic being as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, right? Body's electric. Mm -hmm. Our neurological system functions on electricity. And we come in with a lot of energy and intelligence. We just need to tap into it by removing the clouds that are in front of it. And this removes the cloud the limited beliefs about ourselves and our identity, you know? So I would certainly welcome that. And you can, you'll find lots of wisdom, tools and tips in the book, The Power of Vital Force. And by the way, if I can, if they pre-order the book by October 1st, there is an 11-day online course that I guide people through all kinds of other tools and techniques that's as a bonus to the pre-order, a $525 value. So I really encourage listeners who are interested in this to pre-order the book. Wonderful. And we're, um, for anyone listening, if you go to fitchicksacademy.com, you can actually um, have the link directly to the site where you can do the pre-order. But can you also tell our listeners how they can also find it? So just in case they miss it on our site. Oh, sure. I, actually, if they just go to Amazon, uh, you can just put in the power of vital force and and you'll be able to order it there or yeah, or Barnes and Nobles. But you can also go to my website. I know the spelling is a little harder, but I'm sure they can find it down below. RajshriPatel.com, R-A-J-S-H-R-E-E, Patel, P-A-T-E-L.com. 
Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Like, no, you thank no you. Idea how thank much, you. How honored I feel to have you today joining us and sharing all of this knowledge. I am so um, I'm so excited and I'm really looking forward. I'm going to be pre-ordering your book today and I really look forward to reading it and just, um, and just learning more about vital force and about how to continue to shift and change and grow. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take uh, care. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for listening today. And again, you can go to fitchicksacademy.com where you can find out more information about our programs, but also about um, the Vital Force book as well as Rajshree Patel. Okay? So thank you again, and I will talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Fit Chicks Chat. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career that you love, make sure to join us for our upcoming Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Program to become a certified holistic nutrition and health coach. Download the brochure today at fitchicksacademy.com forward slash HWLE brochure, and we'll see you next week.